Action Park Media. Ultramatic. Why could be Grease Lightning? Welcome to another episode of Victory the Podcast. I am Doug Ellen and I am live in the studio again. I'm Kevin Dillon. Ooga! <laughs> mix it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Irish Christ. And I'm in the studio with Irish Yeah, hey, look at you. By the way, I really like this setup with the three of us together. We're going to have Dice, Andrew Dice Clays coming wow, on. this is yeah. a big show. I hope people appreciate the gravity, the massive get that oh, is Andrew yes. Dice Clays. I mean, I just, oh, you know, so we'll, we'll get into Dice, but I mean, 1984, I'm in 10th or 11th grade, the Rodney Dangerfield specials on HBO, and I saw Dice and... Look, as a Jewish kid in Merrick, Long Island, who always wanted to be kind of Italian, yeah. Dice was the Jewish guy who came out like I the thought Italian. he was Italian. Exactly. He looked so Italian. And he just, whoever doesn't know it, became the biggest comedian in the world very quickly, not ver- not overnight, which he'll explain, but very quickly. And then the PC police came at him far worse Before than- there were PC police. Yeah, and yeah he well, is the- I mean, he was pretty politically incorrect i mean some of this stuff my mom saw it and was like horrified by what he was saying (laughs) he's the first guy to ever sell out madison square garden with just a microphone that's amazing that's 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 quite the accomplishment i think sebastian do you think he he does some of the nursery rhymes for us today i'm I'm gonna ask him him. i mean i wrote the forward for his book he likes to credit me with helping him get back on on track but um, he he owes me a nursery rhyme, so we're gonna ask which him one that. though. We, let's hand pick it, you Dylan. Whatever you want, and I'll say it's a. This is a request of Kevin Dylan. It is funny when he hits that high pitch, like and I dropped him off on the <laughs> little boy blue. He needed, he needed the, the money. money. Oh. oh, I had his number when I was. 22 years old when I was doing stand-up comedy and, and everyone said, you write for other comedians. So I used to call comedians. I'd get their number and I'd leave jokes that I thought might work for them. So I would call Dice and be like, hey, my name's Doug. I won't give you my last name. I'll so give you, you my phone kill number. Me. Yeah, but <laughs> but here's one. You know, I, I banged this girl last night and she says, so Dice, what did that mean to you? I said, it means I don't have to jerk off tonight, honey. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, it's very dice. That's My good. I like goodness. it. I'm guessing he didn't exactly use that one at the garden. I don't know. <laughs> Doug, why? What? Talk to me about this weird award that you have in front of you. What is this? The only thing weird about it is that it broke in shipping, but this is very prestigious in well, Egypt. This face is, it outwards towards it? the camera a little bit. What oh, is it? Oh, I went it backwards. This is the Dear Guest Award. This is the, uh, ah. this is the, uh, it's an international award, and, uh, and it was presented to me. But for what? For being me. No. It for was, entourage? I don't know. I just think they liked me overall. In Egypt. In Egypt, yeah. And they sent you an award that, in Egypt. that broke in the mail. They sent me two. <laughs> that one's you. probably mine. They, they said, <laughs> wow. What does it say on the plate right there? It says, uh, Dear Guest International Award, Doug Ellen Producer, Global Creative Award for TV Series. Oh, oh nice. God. Now, it doesn't say Entourage, so this might be for one of my other TV series that didn't get made. I, 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 just, I can't <laughs> understand what would possess them. They say, said they you know love what? me. Let's give Doug Allen. You know, you know who should get the DG. The what's it called? The Dear Guest. The Dear Guest Award. We should go Doug Allen. Did you show up guest. for it? Or I did it uh, on on. I, I made a video with oh, the you mustache. Accepted the award via Zoom in no, okay. Egypt. No, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, Zoom when it was during November. So I had to do this with a weird mustache. So I said in the in, in the thing, like, listen, everybody in Egypt, I'm not being weird. I like this is this is not a look. It's for charity. But thank you. What's but, wrong with mustaches? It doesn't look good on me. I can't pull the it off. The beard looked good though. Yeah. It got to a good. point. I think you're I think you're good. I like your facial hair. Do right you know now. why I shaved? 
Because Mike I? Tyson told me I looked old. Like he he <laughs> said, <laughs> oh, when Tyson you were here. Said he Tyson said old. we got. He said we got old. I said no, Mike. When I shave, I'll look twenty years younger. I mean, I I got that going right. Dylan, I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> so this morning or last night or yeah. I, I don't know. At some point, Robbie Burger. Also, yeah. new, brilliantly dumb. Listen to the brilliant dumb show here at Action Park Media. Plugs for his oh, other shit. See that? See that? Brilliantly dumb. Should we it's, talk it's, about Ethan's yeah, new play? It's right the now, new. No? Well, Ethan's been <laughs> Ethan's been doing well, but we're launching a new show. Brilliantly done, Robbie Burger. It's great. It's a lot He's of hilarious. Fun. Yeah. He's hilarious. By the way, we love him, so we want to support. Well, right. I was supposed to play golf with those guys. I got a ten ten o'clock call last night to play golf at Tory Pines, Pines, where they just had the PGA Tour. In San Diego. San Diego. So, so can I tell you what I hype, got this but... morning? Because I got a call from Kevin Conley this morning, who likes to. Kevin Conley called me when Kevin Dillon broke his arm and told me the show was going to be canceled. Kevin Conley <laughs> called me some other... I, I like to rattle you. Disastrous yeah. problem. Yeah. Very easily rattled. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Conley the calls me... The this... Chippy did that to you? I figured Dylan at Tory Pines was going to do it. Conley <laughs> called me this morning and said, uh, hey, what's up? Like, in a great mood. I'm like, what's up? He goes, no, nah, the Dylan's about to tee off golf. I'm like, oh, good. He'll be in a good mood. He goes, he's playing Tory Pines. And I was like, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> Where the fuck? Tory Pines. He- well, it's funny because Robbie Berger, you know, he's going to be, Robbie Berger and Sophie Julia, they're going to be out getting content. Like, we're in here in the booth, but they're doing content. Yeah. And I just tell Robbie, yo, man, just go out and get content, content, and more content. So he calls me, and he's excited. He's like, KC, <laughs> We're playing Tory Pines with Dylan. Oh, you got him down. That's we got, good. We're gonna have a bunch of. We're gonna get. I'm gonna get a ton of content. I'm like that. That's that, that's great. That's great, Robbie. When are you guys playing? He's like, we're teeing off at 10:30. I'm like, when? He's like, this morning. I said, we're fucking taping the show. We got nice play at 4:30. What time did you talk to him? This is this morning. I said. So it I must said, have been before and then, nine because I called him about 8:45 saying I can't make it. It was early. Dylan said to him, Yeah, I'm gonna play nine. I'm going to take driving all the way out there right. to play I, I, nine I, I need everyone. I need everyone to be clear about something. This is San Diego, okay? I know we're still in a pandemic. There is 0% chance, even if you if you teed off at 10 a.m., and even if you played nine, you would uh, not make I it back. I would have made it back. You uh, didn't make it, it from took, Malibu. Dude, it took you an hour and a half to get to dude, Malibu. It did. It did. <laughs> it took you an hour and a half to get from Malibu. But I would have been leaving earlier. I would have missed a lot of this uh, rush hour you guys put, it put me into that. <laughs> well, we got to talk about that, too. the worst time. It is. Well, yeah. we got to talk about this, too, because I get a message again. Connolly is getting, now he's got newer podcasts. He's getting arrogant, which is fine. <laughs> I like it. Getting arrogant. He's been arrogant his whole life. <laughs> I want him to be successful. I really do. I want. I would like Connolly to be the richest of my friends. That, that would, would make me that happy. Would make me happy but yeah, you cut me deep Doug. <laughs> i mean i want both of you but i'm saying i i love his success but he's going with these messages that i get anxiety with because you gotta understand kevin dillon he is a sweet guy but you don't want to fucking push him you don't want to fuck with him and he was told by kevin Connolly, the businessman if you want to do this podcast with us <laughs> you do it when you want you show up when you want it's a, uh, yeah, okay. you did do that you did tell me that when we were I, at gold I one night you had a couple Lucy, bevies <laughs> I said it's loosey goosey. Yeah. We can create our own hours, which we can. But no, um, I am not allowed to create them. Right. You are. Right. I mean, I well, can. The businessman. I, I try can. to make it as comfortable and for everybody. Now, I personally think Dice is a special guest. Dice says five. We do. No five. doubt. I didn't want to miss Dice. Comfortability aside, Connolly sends the message that gives me fucking anxiety. It's fellas, four o'clock sharp with an exclamation point. And I, it doesn't bother me because I really. I'm not making fun of you. I'm on time for everything my whole life. I just am. Okay. But I'm like, Dylan's going to When you look said at- I'll be there at 359, I said, I got to tell Doug that Dylan might be in. That, <laughs> that, when that text, Doug, that text is what triggered it. 
Meanwhile, Doug sits here with a weird award from Egypt. Like, it's a fucking... Put it away. We saw it. What the fuck is that thing? The Stanley Cup. Tom Brady's throwing the Lombardi trophy around uh, Tampa Bay. He had a couple bevies. It's it's why it's carried out. It's my dear guest award. When you guys win one, you'll be proud of it, okay? But but anyway, so we're like, we're going to be good 359. So, of course, now... I roll up at 354 because that's what Doug does. And you know what Connolly says? He speaks about himself in the third person, which is weird. <laughs> Connolly says, wait in your car. <laughs> Trying to protect him. He's going to come in here. He's going to have a hissy fit. We had little C's <laughs> of the nice. junior mafia. Biggie Smalls, buddy, in here talking podcast. Oh, well, so there was well, a lot of people in here. There was a lot of people in here. I, I walked in. I said, Doug is going to have a fucking... Forget COVID. Doug's going to jump out of a heart a attack. COVID. I appreciate that you were looking out for me. But my my only point was forgetting everything results or this and that. 357, it's like waiting in my car like an animal. 406... Dylan, like an animal. Dylan, like he's... 406, Dylan goes, traffic from Malibu. I'll be there soon. Sucks. And by I'm the like... way, I, I damn near turned around. It was that bad. <laughs> oh I had God. to get off. I mean, I wasn't able to take the freeway. I if, like if you didn't show up, all I would have said, said, these motherfuckers played Tory Pines. I, there would have been nothing to convince yeah. me anything yeah. different. I would have been pissed that I didn't even get to play golf. Right. right. You didn't make it to the podcast or Tory Pines. If Action Park Media had any fucking balls, they'd give this guy a hotel room when he comes into town. You know, you'd think the businessman who's a member at a golf course now. Well, that's what I was going to say. But here's the other thing, too. Because of COVID, we are only allowed to have guests on Mondays. So before we do the next podcast, right. we'll play an early round and we'll come in. Yeah. yeah and yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, and I we'll take some video out there. Doug, you in? Some content. No, because I can only bring one guest. Right. Plus, you're I terrible. Also, he can caddy. Plus I got terrible. Chris <laughs> Case will take us to Bel Air, which is amazing. Like Whatever we want. So yeah. Chris Case has got that offer on the table. So anyway, we're Could all. I, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Well, I got things. But go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, I just want to know, I, I'm really stunned. I thought everyone, I'm wearing a, uh, what I think is a drama shirt, and I thought I was going to get made fun of for this. Nobody's even talking about it. No, I love that shirt. Are you kidding? And also, it's the first thing I thought of when I walked in, but I- It's a chubby. It's, I've been sitting in the car ew, for two hours. I had to called. run to the bathroom. He's, got a, he's, wearing, he's wearing a chubby, Dylan. Dude, that's weird. I got a chubby for that shirt. I mean, I love I'm it. I'm going to get you one of these shirts. I'm going to get you one the of these shirts. The palm trees, the flamingos. It's awesome. It's uh, awesome. Hey, I'm impressed, Doug. Fucking pythons. Okay? But don't make me flex, brother. We, we were going to... 153 today, but I want you to focus on what you wanted to talk about. Well, oh, Dylan, did you ups. notice that you got a lot of nipple comments on your Pizza Boy shirt? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, my God. You know, it's funny. I never... I thought it was a good picture, but... Almost every comment was nipple related. Yeah. Really? Apparently you had hard nipples. <laughs> Apparently your nipples were hard. They're probably hard They're right pretty, now. Ew. Uh, listen, yeah, it's I a, know it's that a, I have that effect. You on looked you. great in the shirt. Yeah. And the picture was a nice photo. It's portrait mode, bro. Yeah. That's portrait mode. I like wow. it. Um, you know what? Doug and Doug, you Doug, get ready to hear Doug deny this, Dylan. But last night Doug and I were talking, and and I feel like Doug is testing the waters, testing out the uh brass at Action Park Media to see how we would feel about another podcast starring Doug Allen. Like he's cooking, so full of like shit, Like a cooking this guy. podcast. He's, he's taking the temperature. Okay. Do you want to do, are you looking to get in the market for a solo pod? By the way, it would have nothing to do with Action Park. I'm green lighting your podcast. I have to say a couple of things. Not true story at all. I think Connolly has turned this around. What he said to me was, he thinks my talents are being outshined by Dylan's. And maybe. <laughs> no, 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 dude, you're you're running this thing. <laughs> no, what would happen? If you did that, I feel like you were cheating on me. Oh. <laughs> right. I said Dylan's not going to like that. Because, by the way, I'll outcook you any day of the week. <laughs> Truthfully, the episode that we did with Beverly was amazing. 
But yeah, everyone you know, loved it. We sent, you know, we sent the uh, the Zoom recorder to her house, and we were like, "Hey, you know, make sure you press record and this and that." She's like, "It's only buttons. I think I could figure it out." Well, guess what? She, she didn't, didn't figure it out, so she didn't record it. No, but we had what? the Zoom. We had the Zoom audio, but we didn't have the high end microphone. I got audio. you. I got but now Doug, who is Doug? People love that. They loved her, and they loved. They the loved episode. her. It was a great interview. They loved but her. Doug, but let me tell you, but what Doug was a little out of his element, so he's fucking screaming <laughs> into the microphone like a psychopath and he's quoting streetcar named desire which nobody knows if you're not like a fucking Stella! Stella! <laughs> like the fucking the windows in my car broke i called kevin now listen kevin Corrigan, the maestro if he says i've done all i can do <laughs> then then we just have to live with it i called kev i said kev look man i need you to fucking roll your sleeves up one more time and get back in there and just do the absolute best that you can. You got to you got to give it another pass. It's hard, right? You're used to these microphones, but you have, you know, we have these blocker things. Doug is screaming into the top of his lungs. So, so here's how my day starts, just so we don't like I'm obsessive. So is Connolly, by the way. And he'll get mad at me or I'll get mad at him, even though we both want the same result. But I was I said as the interview started, want to make sure she's recording. And Connolly basically said, shut the fuck up. Action Park Media covers that. That's fine. So, but then what happens I might is, have not said anything. So, but wait like a that. second. So, Beverly does not get recorded. And me, who did it all correctly, this morning I wake up to, after I've obsessed about this two days, Sarah, my girlfriend, walks into the kitchen. Oh, she said something? She looks at me and she's, I'm like, what's the matter? I go, she goes, oh, I was nothing. I just listened to the episode. I'm like, <laughs> it was not good. And she's like, well, didn't you say Beverly didn't have proper recording? I'm like, yeah, she didn't. She goes, Beverly sounded great. I'm like, what's the problem, Sarah? She goes, you kind of sounded like you were screaming at the right. top and, of your and, 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 be, really? and it, it kind of sounded like he was hammered or something because he's on the Zoom, so he's like playing catch up. So everything he did, he screamed. He's like, <laughs> but what about the vacation? What about the vacation? Stella! By the I, way, that call, you and the bookie stepped on each other so many times. I, I hope you cleaned that yeah, up. You, know, cleaned it up. It's you not get because, on me about that. It's, no, it's hard. Wait, wait, wait. Let's be very clear. I work really hard to, to not step on people, and I did on that, but I'm delayed. Right. So what happens is, that, and yeah. I really did. I mean, I haven't heard the episode yet because I don't want to hear myself screaming. But you'll, I, you'll, you'll be really uncomfortable. But I tried to be quiet for the most part. I right. mean, yeah. And it just seemed like neither of you guys would back off. You just kept going. Well, they, couldn't, they also couldn't hear each other. Uh, wait, but, when did you hear it? Well, I heard it at well, the he, time. No, but, but, right we, but, but the maestro cleaned it up. Hopefully it'll okay. sound better. No, it I, does. It sounds as good as it was going to sound. Trust yeah. me. I don't ever want to be on Zoom again. Also, ever. too, well, this is going to lead me to that. But, okay, so I tried to surprise. I thought I went out on a limb, and I see, wanted to see if we – we secured an interview with the Friendly Neighborhood Bookie. I wanted to see if we could lock down the, the kids that stormed the Capitol. <laughs> and I'm sure Dylan will love him. He, he's scared of the mob guy. I'm sure I'll love the, the, the insurrection. Uh, the, it, it, it would be funny. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently they're not thrilled with me and/or the podcast. Uh oh. Yeah. Are they going to storm our house? Well, I'll fucking storm their faces. I don't give a fuck about those guys. <laughs> they can Face fucking storming. storm whatever they want. I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of those fucking capital storming punks. So, but they <laughs> we don't want them on here. We right? don't want them on here anyway. Those insurrectionists. Um, but. This is what led to the conversation, Doug. Thanks for reminding me. What I was saying was that, you know, Doug, for better or worse, <laughs> is sort of the voice of the show, yeah. right? Of, of Victory, the podcast. So when he's, you know, wasn't there and he's on the Zoom and it, I don't know, it was, I think we were, episode's great. 
we were all a little out of sorts without Doug in the in the fucking number one chair. I mean, yeah. I hate to give you that for your giant head and I, knock I love over that. Your By the way, Dylan, uh, you, just so you know, you and I like like friends when they negotiated. You and I are together. So the fact that he said we haven't even signed a contract yet, we right. can't do anything. Yeah. Right, Doug, I'm like telling Doug, like, yeah, man, your your voice. We need you in the in the room. You on Zoom it makes a difference. No you doubt. and this, you, he, he's like the guy, and we need him in the room. And and then he starts testing <laughs> the waters about his own podcast. So Doug, pitch it, pitch it to Let's Dylan and I. What uh, would you think? Would you do like a uh, like a look? I don't really have an idea for one, and it's not that. By the way, I just of course, like doing it doesn't this. have anything to do. with I us. would like to do this every day. Like I would like to, and by the way, I'm grinding on the script and everything. Right. I would rather do this. You <laughs> so, like this? It's I fun like for this. Yeah. It's enjoyable. You know, but, like, but we we all know that. I mean, maybe Dylan, if Dylan was Dylan talking, but Doug, if it were you and I, just and our uh, you know podcast was called uh, <laughs> anything <laughs> that wasn't related, we don't probably don't get any yeah. listeners. Right? I mean, that's the problem. I mean, so everyone understands this out there. And 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 by the way, Lucas Ellen after getting on Clubhouse, which all of us are going to talk about and get onto. But he wants to do some radio stuff now, which is great because all he's wanted for right, you his want him not life, being a cop. He wants well, to be a police yeah, yeah. officer, which is noble and awesome, and I love police officers. But I don't want my son to do it. I just don't. What about yeah. a father son podcast? You know what? That's an interesting idea. Okay, so here's wow. what we'll do. Please do not DM. No DMs. No DMs. Put it on the page, and let's hear pitches for Doug's new solo podcast. Dylan, you and I will be guests, well, but it'll be his girlfriend. Doug, your girlfriend is great cook so that that you know maybe you could get her involved in some I like way. that too but by the way and by the way i don't mess around either not the cooking stuff so you'll come on if we can oh yeah I'll, I'll be a regular guest that's so, what i'm saying but you, wait you come with by the way you really make your own hours for that podcast if that were the day you'd be like yo bro yeah, yeah. i can't make the show gonna, today can i do it from the golf course <laughs> <laughs> i i actually I'll like this Pines. though i do it Lucas Ellen and Sarah Sanderson plays some color in this right now here's the question so everyone understands the lay of the land now I want a TV show. I'm pretty good at what I do. It is still an enormous grind. You have to go work out the script and the thing and do everything. Then you have to bring it to a studio and then you need $40 million for a season. Lots of things has to happen. Podcast here, which I don't know what the finances are here. Are you like, I will green light. I will give, I will green light you. You can just go. I'm going to give you a podcast. I can say, I'm going to give you a podcast. There's enough money in this place to just green light a podcast. I can, I, I would roll the dice on a, solo Doug Allen podcast more than anything just to see <laughs> my fucking curiosity is by the way it's not solo anything. anymore we're talking Lucas, Lucas Allen yeah. Sarah Sanderson making it a family if affair. you agree to not have it take away from victory the podcast oh of course this is this is our our mothership you know? right. it's it's bread, and mothership. Butter, yeah. bread and butter baby all right Dylan it's paid me five if I was gonna do one month. I would go with like a space related kind of podcast what do you mean space like, yeah, like UFOs? Well, you know they're going to the moon and uh, terraforming mars and you know stuff like that so would it be like All a, this, uh, a history podcast history too i love history dylan history i mean or anything involving dylan is very smart and he's very space. well all that uh, he's well-rounded doug i was thinking about your your uh, award from egypt and i was thinking i know i told the story about how when i went to cairo and they, they were playing entourage in the hotel that's nuts and it was between season seven and eight and I had this moment, and it's funny. I have a picture of it too. I'm I'm, I'm standing on the on the pyramid, the Giza pyramid, and I'm and I'm just it, it's so massive and it's so awesome, and I'm just like taking it in, and I'm just literally having a moment all to myself. And 
in Egypt, a million miles away, and I hear, Yo, E, get Vinny off the shit. <laughs> so it was in English. It was yeah, not it was a in guy. Irish. Yeah, it was a fucking guy. God only knows. He sounded British or Irish or whatever he was, but he was also on the pier, but he screamed at me, ruined my moment of wow. like enjoying. That is amazing. Enjoying, Yo, E, get Vinny off the shit. I was in Mexico, and they, they looped us all in Spanish. Oh, yeah. It was like, Hola, como esta? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought your guy was a better actor. <laughs> well, that's awesome. All right, really so hey, no, I got one I, more thing. Okay, because I got something too that can yeah. make us money. But let's hear yours first, because I'm no, sure it's going to cost money. me money. Give us money. Yours is going to cost me money. So what's your no, idea? no? Mine is just so everyone's clear. Okay, I'm going to hold this up to camera. Oh yeah. Ooh. I only yeah. I only brought one page because I didn't want to hear a bunch of shit from these guys. What I have here is the script. That was entitled "The Death of Vincent, Vincent Chase." Chase. So wait, fucking nuts. You, when did you write this? This whatever eleven season between, eight. When I was so, standing okay. on the pyramid. Right. I, <laughs> when I, I was standing this. on the pyramid. So season eight, I write this script. Now this is legitimately. It ends because what happened was Lev told Mark my idea, and Mark called me. So I never finished it. So it's not a yeah. finished script. Yeah. But what I brought is. Which I don't want to put you on the spot, KD. But no, well, well he's you, got yeah, a rehearsal. I mean, you already asked me to do it. But no, 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 not. We're not doing it. Gave me pages a second ago. We're not doing it today. We are not right. doing it. So today. anyway, but let me. I'll, just... I'll definitely read it next time around. Let me look it over no, a little no, bit. And that you, I want you to prep it, and I want to. I was I trying to play. It. A bit. I'm not going off book or anything. I was I mean, trying to play a bit like uh, like Dylan was just hearing about this for the first time. But yes, we talked about it on the podcast, right? No, we talked about it off camera before. But anyway, it's it is Johnny Drama's eulogy. Fucking not a dry eye in the house, bro. I mean, Dylan, you want to talk about when you would have carried that dear guest Egyptian trophy around? Yeah, town? It, would, it, would have been, it wouldn't have been a dear guest. It would have been a fucking Emmy. Johnny Drama giving Vincent Chase's eulogies. Yeah. A little winged angel. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm choked up thinking about it. I, it's I, amazing. I it's amazing that you even got this far with this. I mean, that's they like page. That's HBO like, would have flipped out. That's like page 23 of the script. Oh I mean, God. so I stopped. Mark called me. He shut it down. And he allowed us to to make the movie that everyone told me I hey, sucked. Uh, if Adrian doesn't, <laughs> probably should have had him die. He won't talk to us. He won't do the podcast. Hey, if Adrian, <laughs> if Adrian doesn't get on board with this reboot, we might just start the. That uh, might be the, the opening scene of oh HBO Max. Do you know what? As a writer, as all writers know, if if I found that I have material that works, if I just found twenty three pages that could work, I'd be so happy. So, if that were the opening of the of the of the oh reboot, I, you know, I wonder. I'm, I'm going to call bullshit on Grenier. I think he's he goes, coming. whoa, whoa, whoa. No, not the podcast. But I mean, if if he called in, hey, HBO Max, we know you don't want to do it. But what here, you know, it's the opening no, here's, scene is here's the death a, of uh, here's a, By here's, the way, drama won a Golden Globe. Don't really need him as much as yeah, we used to, I mean, you, know you could I mean? argue I could be that. Raking it in. By the next episode, we'll have details figured out. But we want to do a, a short film festival where people w- will submit. If they choose a a ninety second movie that is shot on an iPhone, and we're gonna have a little film festival, and we'll have a prize for the winner. The caveat is, if it's really good, we own the IP. You think that's fair? What's IP? The intellectual property. <laughs> so if we go, holy shit, this is a great TV show. We yeah. would be partners with this writer to go and try to sell it as a TV show. Now, what it would do? Now, it has to be a TV show. No, it could be. I mean, a, no, no, be... it's gotta be. It's gotta be a ninety second movie, right? Yeah. And it's got to be on an iPhone, and it's got to be a certain 
dimensions. We'll we'll get to. Is the, there the stuff like that out there already, like TikTok and all that? Yeah, but I mean, we're gonna do. We're gonna do something specific to us. That's you got ninety seconds to show us what you got. Not. Show us what your filmmaking ability is. Okay. Then we'll get. You know, we'll judge it and then we'll we'll put it up on. Uh, yeah, you know. and here here's yeah. the thing: if you if you DM it. You are if you DM it to myself or Doug or Kevin, you're automatically disqualified. There will be a page where you can s- submit it. We'll look at it. I'll work through it, and then I'll have you guys sit down and watch twenty, the final okay. twenty. Yeah. I love and it, and then we I will vote on a winner and a second place. And then who knows? Maybe that's our next TV show. Could be it. your next movie. Wow, that's a great idea. It's a great idea, right? That's what do they idea. see? What, what do they get? Well, I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking a thousand bucks uh, for and first to be involved first place, in and then also the too, like it. truthfully, you know, you got you got Doug and you got us looking at it, and I mean, it right. could be a good and you got our audience, pad. you got our audience looking at it, so and yes. also too, if yes. you're not the other thing, cancellation thing, if you're not taking it seriously. Right. If you're if you're gonna just like put something stupid together, we want people that are really gonna try to get creative and serious. But I think it'd be a really fun idea. We're, we're also gonna have it be sent to someone that's gonna uh, get it to us. You're not gonna DM us, right? If you DM movies. us, you're you're disqualified. Like, don't about, do that. To I only have one question: Is the thousand dollars is that like a one third thing, or is that no? Action I park? Action Park will pay for. Wow, I love this place. Right. This All place right. is growing. Park. Action Park. And, will and pay for last thing before Dice Clay comes on. I don't know why I have this vested interest in Action Park Media because I have no, I, I don't own a piece of this. But I think I, I sold Ferrara on, he wants to do a podcast at Action Park. Maybe. I shouldn't say it out loud because he might be mad at me. Right. I think he wants to, I think he, I think he wants the hard, to. The hard thing is the same thing that we're talking about. Like we happened to fall into this and it made sense and the timing is right and it worked out. But if you were starting a podcast that wasn't that, what are you doing? Now, by the way, Jerry knows Jerry is welcome on every episode. I'd like to hear Jerry talk about New York sports. I think that would be I think yeah. that would be a good but thing. But Je- Jerry's not living out here anymore, right? right. And so. and and then you get and then it's a Zoom scenario, so it's tricky. Believe me, if Jerry, listen, bro, if Jerry lived on Alta Loma, his old place, he'd be sitting he'd be right here at, every day. He'd be sitting right across from us, and he'd yeah. be part of the podcast. All right. Well, I hope he. I hope we get him back soon because I missed the guy. But so, I'd yeah, like to too. also. I'd like to also get him on the roster. Dominic Lombardozzi oh, is Dom. joining Action Park Media with his own podcast, nice. Dominic's Den. Now, let me ask you a question about that because Dominic Lombardozzi is one of my favorite people in the world. Is does does Dom invite like the three of us on well, his I podcast? Well, I think I think we're gonna you know because here at uh, Action Park Media we 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 support each other and we build each other up and yeah I think listen it works perfect. Dom's gonna come on here to promote his podcast and talk about it. And Doug, I'm sure you I'm sure we'll all at some point be be individual guests hopefully. Well, but I'll be at Tory sense. Pines, but if, if I can do it from there. <laughs> and do oh. you think Dom would come on Lucas Ellen, Doug Ellen, and Sarah Shannon's sure. podcast? Sure. Oh, oh the other thing too, with Robbie Berger, like I, you know, he, he wasn't nervous, but I was like, Robbie, what do you? What do you, we, I need Dylan up here. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I guess if push comes to shove, we could Zoom. Uh, no, bro. You think, you, you think we want to have Dylan join the podcast While Zoom? playing golf with, with you, drunk. You, and, you and Joey Cold Cuts? Hammered out oh, on his ass. Joey Cold oh, Cuts. These guys are great. Yeah, they're the yeah, best. They're the best. They're Joey, fucking taking you away from us because he wants you on his podcast. Dude, Next Joe, thing we know, Dylan's like, I'm leaving the podcast for Robbie Berger's podcast. Yo, Joey Cold Cuts is in the background uh, of the conversation when I'm talking to, when I'm talking to Robbie. And, and, and he's like, yeah, Dylan said, I love the pine. I love pines, bro. <laughs> yeah. TP. I well, I actually pines. heard. I love the play, Tory. Wait, Pines. the best thing I heard though, and then we really do got to get the dice. Is that Dylan said? Is this true? Did you use this word, which is a very Billy Walsh word? Did you say I'm gonna unfortunately have to skedaddle? No, no. You said I'm gonna take my own car because I'm gonna at some point I'm gonna skedaddle. <laughs> <laughs> How do we call saying that? It's a great word. I mean, I, yeah. it's a great word. I might have said that. Is it yeah. a word you use? 
Yeah, I guess I, I, I guess may start I, I using. I probably it. did say that. Yeah, yeah like right. yeah, I'm gonna drive my own car, and if I have to skedaddle, when I skedaddle, I skedaddle. I love it. It's I very, might have said cut out, and he, I don't he know. might have said you. Yeah. Listen, I telephone. Like We're playing a game of telephone. Right, well, let's skedaddle right, this let's and bring on bring Andrew, Andrew Dice, Dice Clay after the break. Doug, don't push him because he's scary. Be great to hear a nursery rhyme. He's doing a nursery rhyme. Period. Yes. I'll, I'll fucking hang All up right. on Dice if he doesn't. Right. We're back with Dice Clay. Welcome back. Victory the Podcast. I'm very excited right now. This was one of my idols growing up who I was fortunate enough to meet a couple of times in my uh, early days in Hollywood. He probably didn't know uh, when I called him. Legend. But he's a legend. He's one of the great comedians. He's one of the few people, I don't know, he'll tell us three maybe that have sold out Madison Square Garden consecutive nights as a stand-up comic. First one. He's a fucking amazing, amazing actor as mm-hmm. was Absolutely. seen in Woody Allen, Scorsese over the last couple of years, and uh, A Star is Born. Andrew Dice Clay. Dice. Thank you. Great intro. <laughs> Not bad, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. No, very strong. That was powerful. <laughs> yeah. It's all true. I love no, this but, guy. You know, Doug always gets, just for you guys to know, and it's good to see everybody, by the way. Yeah, good to see you. You know, you know, I'm sorry it's got to be this way, you know, because of the fungus. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and um, <laughs> you're looking yeah, good, bro. You're looking right. lean. All, all I have to do is exercise every day. That's it. Hey, you look great. You know, and all these cameos I do, you know, a lot of them are turning 50, 60. So I talk to them about that shit. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm doing cameo too. I love cameo. Are you guys, everyone, so everyone knows cameo. If you want Dice or, or Kevin Dillon, they'll say you a message. You got to pay it. Are yeah. you guys making like real money on this thing? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I, I do like, <laughs> look, as a comic, you know, I number one, I like to give, because I looked up a lot of people before I started doing them and they do like 30 seconds and they cut them off. You could see they hate doing it type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I decided I'm just going to bring them into my life for as long as I feel like. So <laughs> I've hit, I hit it last week. I hit 22 minutes and what? 22 seconds. I want the cameos. They're funny, and I get their points across, but, you know, then I hear my girlfriend. She's going, tell them about, like, you brought up the hat. <laughs> this yeah, hat, I love that hat. It's badass. No, but this hat is from the most famous and uh, biggest-selling comedy album ever, which is called The Day the Laughter Died, which I did with Rick Rubin, which there's really no people in the audience. There's just a few people. And I did it at uh, Dangerfield's nightclub in Manhattan, because that was in the days where I was doing the 20,000 seats a night. And I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do the ultimate late night set without any material and just make up an album. Mm-hmm. And it wound up a double CD, which um, David Geffen put out my albums. And he called me into his office and he goes, why? There's nobody there that's <laughs> telling you how unfunny you are. You know, I go, mm-hmm. it's never been done. I go, all the other albums are full audiences, arena crowds. I'm trying to give them something that's never been. And uh, Mitzi Shaw, who owned the comedy store, listening to pieces of the album in my house. I I always loved this because, you know, I always guided myself in my career. And uh, she looked at me and she goes, it's going to ruin your entire career. This album's (laughs) the destruction of your career. And I go, you know, let me worry about it, whatever. Uh, within four days, the album was gold. Nice. And to this day, if you talk to most comics, and you know, all of them, 
whoever's, you know, Bill Burr, for instance, Joe Rogan, you know, they'll always go, The Day to Laughter Died, the greatest comedy CD ever. Mm. And, you know, you got a, a woman on there going, screaming at me, going, you're as funny as a glass of milk. <laughs> and you hear her, like, throw down her drink and walk out. There's, like, 20 people in the Walker. audience. <laughs> yeah, I got on stage at midnight, you know, at Dangerfields. They weren't, It's. it wasn't like an advertised come see dice. It was just whoever's there. Who gives a fuck, you know? It's and amazing, I would stay up there for hours, you know, for, like, three nights. It's amazing, guys, for that. Because, as I said, 10th, 11th grade, I had a bunch of my buddies at my house when the Dangerfield special came on that I think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, changed your life. But you came on and blew the doors off this place. And it was a great special, as I remember. And you can tell me, I think Saget was on that special. Um, no. no. Who was on? Yeah. I know who was on the special. <laughs> tell me. Tell me. Okay, so Lenny Clark started the show. Then it was... Uh, Barry Sobel, he was second. It was awesome. Then I was supposed to go third, but I came over to Rodney because I knew what I was going to do. I got to be honest with you. I knew what I was going to deliver. I would watch these guys that were on that special fucking around at the comedy store, you know, on nights where it was slow. And I'm up there just practicing, just doing the set I'm going to do because I knew I'd be nervous. But I, I didn't want to worry about it. I didn't want to worry about the material. So the third act that came on, I came over to Rodney, uh, wound up Carol Leifa, who became like a big time writer, you know, on different sitcoms. Because I said to Rodney, you really going to put this poor girl on after me? You know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know the show is over after I'm on. That's it. Like, I was that confident about it. Because when you get a shot, which is going to lead to you in a minute, because you were the second greatest shot I ever got. Right. Um, you want to hit it out of the park. That's it. You know, and you wait. Uh, you know, I was doing comedy nearly 10 years or a little over 10 years. And I'm like, I'm going to be the biggest comic the world's ever seen. That's it. That's how I looked at it. It was that simple for me. It wasn't like a brag. It was something I knew I can do. Like, we all have something we can do. So I came over to Rodney and I go, you really want to put Carol Leifer on after me? And he's going... Okay, man, you're showing a little compassion. All right. All right. The girl goes on third. All right, man, everything cool. You know, that was the beauty of Rodney, you know, as he's sitting there smoking a joint. You know what I mean? Wow. He's going, all right, man, you're, a, you're, you're crazy, man. Okay. So after Carolifa, I come up, I do my thing. And I even go over to Rodney. I go, do I really got to come back tomorrow? It's done. <laughs> you know, I remember coming over to my father after the show, my sister, you know, and uh, going, I'm the biggest comic in the world. It's done, <laughs> you know. And so then it was Bill Hicks, you know, uh, then it was Dom Irera, and then it was Bob Schimmel, you know. And that was, that was the lineup of that particular show. You know, but and, and by the way, every one of them, and including Carol Leifer, were really good comedians. Yeah, Dom Herrera is amazing. Yeah, they, they're great. I was good friends with Bob Schimmel. I'm friends with yeah. you know Dom Herrera, Lenny Clark. You know, these are all, all good guys. It's nothing against them. No, no, no. I don't I, even mean I that. Just, I was just saying they're good comedians. But you came out of that show, and everybody the next day, exactly what you said. It was like, what did I just see? So you knew it, but what was the next day like? What I did after the show, I, I was in an apartment with uh, Max and Dylan's mom, who was wife number two. And uh, 
I go, you know what? I just want to walk to the comedy store. Because even talking about, you know, we were just talking about exercise and stuff. And what I would do to train for the Rodney special, I wouldn't do it during the day. I would do it at night. I was living up the street from Rock and Roll Rouse on Hawthorne, fourth floor apartment. That Drew Carey actually took over after me because it was Dice's apartment by then. <laughs> so he wanted that same apartment. So the minute I moved out, he moved in. And I didn't get to know him for a few years. And when I met him, he told me about it. I love Jerry Lewis and the Nutty Professor. And that was the biggest, that was my love for him, that movie. You know, the, the kelp and the buddy love was an influence on me. But it was Elvis's image when he did the 68 comeback special where I said, I can be that. I was only 12 years old. But I didn't mean as a singer. I just meant that image. And as I got older, I realized that image, everything from James Dean to Travolta and Fever, it was done in film. Fonzie on TV, Elvis in rock and roll. I go, but it was never done as a comedian. So if I hit, I'm going to be the biggest thing in the world. That's, I just needed the shot to do that. And, and Rodney gave me that shot. Not only did he give it to me, he shows me an edit that I looked at him and I go, it stinks. I go, that's not the shot I did. He goes, okay, man, relax. Okay, <laughs> calm down. He goes, go in there with the director and put the shot together you want. And I come out two hours later. He goes, you happy now? Okay, crazy man. <laughs> and that's what he had. And so I get to the comedy store the night of the show you wanted to know about. Yeah. And I sit down with Mitzi. Who owned the comedy store? You know, they just did the whole. Yep, the doc, doc on, on Showtime, which was great. And she goes yep. on a rant, not about me. You know, I'm waiting for her to give me the pat on the back. And I'm not a drinker or any of that shit. You know me. And she goes into, I hated how the show looked. Rodney should have let me do it here. I should have got credits. Everybody's fucking evil <laughs> in this town. You know, and I go, you know what, Mitch? I don't care what you think. I go, I know what just happened in my life. And for one of the first times, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go have a drink at the bar. All I cared about was what I looked like and how I played to America. That was it. That's all I cared about. Right. Not, not, what the, not what the stage looked like, just what I delivered. And it was Rodney's agent uh, who only handles rock stars, you know, from Billy Joel to Metallica to Motley Crue like a third of the biggest rock bands in the world. And he came over to me right after the taping. I was with William Morris, but not for personals. They would never sign me for personals. I begged them to, you know. And um, so here comes Dennis Arthur, you know, and he's like, man, I got to sign you. He goes, I never, he goes, I come to all these tapings. I've seen every comic, never wanted any of them. I got to have you. And I'm with him to this day. Wow. You know, I got to tell you, I just watched, you know, I know the hell you went through with the, uh, the Travolta Gotti thing. Yeah. Hell, hell's a good word. Yeah, because we were talking about maybe putting some of my boy's music, which I'm still mad. You didn't just call me up and go, can I use? No. Can I just use the song? Dice, if I'm being totally honest, I already knew at that point that it was a that it was a sinking ship. Uh, and I, it's funny because you and I sat in your car at the comedy store and we're listening to and you know and you know Dice's Dice's boys are but I just they're the make real sure, deal. I want to make sure everyone. Oh, I know, I know they're his the real deal, boys yeah. musicians. But I want to make sure everyone knows what we're talking about. Kevin Connolly directed a movie about right, John Gotti, Gotti with and, John Travolta, and, and, and you know, and Tra Travolta was. Uh, so what do you mean the real deal? What? 
uh, musicians. Kids are musicians. Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, Max yeah. is amazing. Right. And drummer, I'm yeah. sitting there listening to this music, and I'm going like, I don't even, I don't even want to do that. To oh, I can't I, wait I, to hear it. No, no, but you got to understand, I'll always look to help my son. Of course. Yeah. You know, so I would, if you would have just called me. I would have said, take the song. Don't yeah. worry yeah, about it. Yeah, but Kevin thinks he would have killed your son's career. I'm saying that I already knew that <laughs> it was a disaster. No, but the movie, you know, I know what you went through with it. That's what fucking hard-ons people are in this town. And because there was already the uh, the Gotti thing with um, Armand Asante. So that's why you got all that shit. But it was a good movie. I've seen it twice I agree. Now. I agree. You I know, loved it. Travolta did a killer job I mean, in yeah. it. Travolta is great. Travolta is always great. great. And by the way, there's nobody on earth who does a better Travolta than Dice. Well, I, mean, I know he, Travolta, <laughs> was a, a strong influence on, on Dice. And, you know, and, and here's the thing. I think John Travolta deserved better. Um, just in the sense of, listen, man, you can't make a, a, a four-decade, a 40-year period piece in 21 days in Cincinnati for like a couple million bucks. It's just near impossible. So oh, you were telling me what you were going through with everybody. I got a cousin wants to be, hey, listen to me. Come here. Let me talk to you. Yeah. People crossing the camera. When you did you guys have all these hell. conversations? I didn't even know you guys talked to, to each yeah, other. Yeah, no, I went to the comedy store and we sat, we sat in his no, car. I felt terrible listened. for yeah. him. I got to yeah. be honest. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a little bitter though. I didn't know you guys had this relationship. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Oh no, he's telling me. I go, I, I said to him, I go, is the movie any good? You know, because he was telling me all the problems. And he goes, it's not good, fellas. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know it's not good. you know, but, you know, it, it's one of the first films I think you ever directed and put together. It's a great review, you by know? the way. That's what the New York Times said. It's not good, fellas. <laughs> it's not good, fellas. No, I, I want to know about that, what Connolly just said. Did John Travolta, who's one of my favorite actors, did he have influence on you? Was that something? I mean, you did a great impression, but my like, my uh, I can't believe Mr. Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me a question, Doug. Ask me any question. So, how was your experience working with uh, Kevin Connolly on Gotti? <laughs> what? <laughs> Welcome back, Connor. <laughs> anyway. I mean, it's great. I mean, honestly, you did. And I wondered always, because you did a few impressions, but you were so good at them. Did you do more that you just didn't want to put in your act? The opening act I ever did was Jerry Lewis's Professor Kelp turning into, not Buddy Love, turning into Travolta from Greece. So the very first night I went on at Pips in Brooklyn, okay, which, an audition, you know, you go on, you're supposed to do five minutes. Uh, so I'm all dressed up as Professor Kelp. And I'm in the kitchen of Pips, which only, Pips held about 90 people. You know, and the air conditioner would kick in and you couldn't hear anything. So the, one of the owners comes in the back, he sees me, I'm wearing like a 12X tuxedo shirt over the, the other look, you know, which was Travolta underneath. And I got the hair combed forward. I got the little stupid glasses like Jerry Lewis going, actually, I'm just uh, waiting to go on, <laughs> you know. And he's going, who are you? I go, and I wouldn't come out of character. I go, actually, I'm uh, not to seem didactic or facetious in any way. I'm, I'm the person you said looked like John Travolta, <laughs> you know. And so now I come on stage and no matter what I was saying as the professor, this is Brooklyn, New York. You got a packed fucking room just <laughs> booing me. Okay? Get the fuck off, you fucking suck. My whole family's there. The pants are rolled up to my thighs underneath because I'm wearing the leather. I'm dressed like Travolta from Greece underneath. So I take the magic formula, 
like like Jerry Lewis and the Nutty Professor, and the club owner had his cues, shut the lights. <laughs> All of a sudden, music from Fever, I put together music at a, at a studio in Brooklyn, introducing me. And I turn around as Travolta in Greece with the hair, with the duck tail, the whole thing. And the place <laughs> fucking went ballistic. And I come up to the mic, you know, after, after the music stops, and I'm like, <laughs> so you thought it couldn't be done, right? <laughs> and the place went berserk. And then I end doing Grease Lightning. I get booked for $1,000. Just go on stage as the profe- in giant discos, like the Fun House in Manhattan, Limelight, all these places would pay me a ton of money just to walk out as the nutty professor <laughs> on a big stage and turn into Travolta in the dark and then dance like him for 30 seconds. And that's how I saved up money to come out to the West Coast when I had to. Well, that's amazing. And listen, Dice, we're, gonna have to, we're literally going to have to do another episode because I want to talk about your whole career, which Dice went through as much PC bullshit as any comic you know, I mean, obviously Lenny Bruce and Richard Pryor dealt with it, but Dice there Nobody's was a concert, different for there, Dice. No, but right. there was a concerted effort to destroy Dice's career. You know, and well, he took it to the edge. I mean, you took it to the edge, but they edge. all you went did as so far did, as you could. Yeah, right? but Lenny Bruce did, Pryor did, but they they really yeah, tried. But there to, was never the uh, what do you call it again? The uh, the backlash. Yeah, like yeah. I, you, you got to. I, I know Connolly brought up the Garden. You got to understand the Garden was the end of my first tour, which sold out in about an hour and a half, which was about 500 and something thousand people. I did 20 arenas just on the first tour. Wow. You know, and, but the garden obviously is the most famous in the world. The Mecca. So, so that we did two nights, but I did the LA forum before I did the garden with a slash and duff Sick. playing all the Elvis stuff and Santana where I play a giant. Drum <laughs> it's solo. so unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. I, I, have awesome. a, I have a question dice. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you're a guy from Brooklyn, you, you have, you have this tough exterior and you never seem to be phased by that kind of stuff, but you're at the height of your career when they come after you like that. I mean, I know you kept a good face, but did it bother you? Say it you? the way you want to say it. I want to hear it. Did it bother you? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. I used to look at my family and go, I'm just a comic, you know, no matter how you look at it, you know, but, but what got the media crazy more than me, you know, um, and, and you know, Gene Kirk with the filmmaker, yeah. yeah, nobody said it better than him. They go, when they do the, the, the bio pick about you, those shows, cause he came to those shows, the arena shows like the LA forum, he goes, they were more exciting than the biggest heavyweight fight you've ever seen. I was at one. And that's what scared the media, the crowd, not me. They didn't understand why are 20,000 people a night going so insane from a guy telling, you know, dick joke. Well, also, well, also, Dice, I don't yeah. want to interrupt you. Connolly's like, he's actually scared to ask you, but can you just, no, I want for our to, younger though. audience, can you just, a nursery rhyme that every fucking young man in the country was doing at the time. Can you give us like one? I, I want to give you the one you want. Which one you want? I, yeah. well, Dylan had a request. What would you look at? Well, hickory dickory dock. This chick was sucking my cock. Yeah. The clock struck two. I dropped my goo. I dumped the bitch on the next block. Oh! Oh, they did a cigarette. This one. Little Bo Peep fucked the sheep, blew a horse, licked his feet. She ate his ass. So very nice. 
hung these balls not, not once, once but, but twice. twice. Oh! oh! And just to and make it a third, we got to do three. The whole yeah, fucking... Yeah, yeah. We got to do the third. Omar the Hubbard went to the cupboard to get her old dog a bone. She bent over. Rover took, took over. Took over. Oh, she got, she a, got a bone, bone of her own. <laughs> you know, All right, dog. When, it, well, it's funny too. When I was thinking, when you go back and you watch these YouTube clips, and this might be kind of what Dice is talking about. It's not just men reciting this. You have women yeah. of people uh-huh. of all ages oh, yes. hysterically laughing and word for word. Yes. It was like a symphony. Of there, people. there was legitimately not a kid in my high school who couldn't say every word yes. from Dice's first. You were I mean, every syllable right. Right. and wanted to dress in leather jackets and Dice. What I was talking about earlier is. I'm a Jewish kid from Long Island who always wanted to be Italian. You're a Jewish guy, but you played Italian. Everybody felt like you were this Italian guy. But see, that's what I've been fighting. And I love Italian people, and that's what I grew up with, but I'm just a Brooklyn guy. Right. You know what I mean? I have a Brooklyn accent. I have a Brooklyn attitude. But that is associated with Italian. Right. And, well, the Jews may get associated a little softer. You know, that's just what it is. Let me tell you, if I had a big fucking banana nose and curly hair up to here, they'd go, (laughs) oh, he's a Jew. (laughs) But, you know, when when you're a decent-looking human being with that attitude... Oh, he's got to be Italian. (laughs) You're too funny, bro. Dice, like these guys don't know this. Connolly will be blown away by this. But Craig's out here is like all of our favorite restaurant. Craig Susser owns the restaurant. You don't know this, correct? I don't know where you're going with this. Tell us about Craig and your mother, please. That doesn't sound right. I was going to say like. uh... Yeah. I mean, I'm the nicest guy in the world. But when you say something like warm the coffee up, warm it up. My girlfriend's just going to, please, please, I love you. You know I do. I'm just goofing. I'm, the, I'm Mr. Romance. Anyway. Uh, see, I love when people laugh at that. So you guys been to Dan Tanner's. You know Dan Tanner's. Of course. So of course, of course. I used to go to Dan Tanner's all the time, and Craig worked there. And Craig, Craig was the mater D at Dan Tanner's, right? For years. Well, he learned that he was a busboy, then he was a waiter, then he was a bartender. Then he was the maitre d', and then he opened up Craig's. Okay. So one time I'm in Dan Tanner's, and I used to tell Craig, because everybody would tell him, you know, get me a good table. I'm in the business. I'll get you part, (laughs) because he was a struggling actor. But when I say something, I really mean it. So I used to tell him, when I see the opening, I'm going to get you a good part. Okay. So a movie comes up. And it was weird that I really liked this guy. And we would sort of hang out sometimes, go for coffee with him. Like, I never got friendly with the waiters and hung out. We just connected as buddies uh, from Brooklyn. Okay. So there's a movie that came up and uh, it it was a B movie. And it was starring myself and Fred Williamson, uh, the ex-football player, and Don the Dragon. This was at a time where the career had sunk down now. So I was doing... What I had to do. Okay. Yeah. So so there's a part in the movie of Fred Williamson's nephew, but it was a big part. So I got to the producer and I said, look, I got a friend, you know, he's an actor. I, I want you to give him this part. And he goes, well, you know, I could let him read. I go, I don't care if he's awful. He gets the part or I'm out of the movie. <laughs> and I couldn't care less. I go, just call him up and say you got the part. Don't want... No, I dice. I got to at least see the fucking guy, you know. 
So he gets the part, and, and we had a great time on the set. He was now, on Entourage, by the way. Later, I gave him a part on Entourage, by What way. was the name of the movie? It was Whatever It Takes. So now my parents are in town, and I go, let's go. I took him to Dan Tanner's. So he comes over because we're buddies, and he's meeting my parents. And my, my mother goes, so you're from Brooklyn, you know. And my mom is who I got this attitude from, by the way. <laughs> right. she, had, she had that image. Tough guy, Jewish you know? mom. And she asks him his last name. And he says his last, am I allowed to say it? Yes. Oh, Craig Susser, he goes. So she goes, oh. She goes, how's Al? <laughs> and she goes, and he goes, what? She goes, you're Al's son. I'm Jackie. <laughs> and he's thinking there, and she goes, I'm Jackie. And he goes, you're the tattoo? <laughs> His father tattooed. My mother was like basically engaged to him when she met my father. Okay. Oh my God. So the next thing you know, my mother's on the phone at Dan Tanner's talking to Al with my father sitting there going, well, she got to talk to him about it. a hundred years ago. You know what I mean? But it's just amazing that this one waiter who we really liked each other, and I got him this, like, fourth lead in the movie. Right. You know, wound up like, we, like, like we're brothers. What a wild you know? story. How is Al? open up Craig's, which is the hottest restaurant in Hollywood. I mean, yeah, he's, he's got, got he's an amazing he's got, success story. He's got a tattoo, tattoo. Of, of Dice's mother <laughs> on his arm. I mean, it's nuts. <laughs> How crazy. Crazy. That's, I mean, that, oh, it's astronomical. I mean, odds are in I, I love that story so much. And Craig, as I said, we all love Craig and Craig's restaurant, but Craig was on Entourage, too. I gave him a part, and he was great. So... Now, let's get to, let's get into, like, Entourage. Let's talk about, Dice, your recollection of how that okay. came together. Okay, this is funny. All right, so I'm hanging out at Starbucks in the Valley, and I run into an old friend of mine, uh, Ruby. Bruce. Bruce Rubenstein. Okay. But he gets out of his truck, okay? The last time I saw this guy was, let's say, 15 years before that. And we'd be on the treadmill at Gold's together, you know, and he was going through a bad breakup with his first wife or something. And he used to work for Mickey Rourke. But now he gets out of a truck with cement on his boots. He was back in construction. Okay? He hadn't been with Mickey for years. And the way he was with Mickey is, you know, he wasn't his manager. He was like his guy to do anything. You know what I mean? But Bruce also wrote a movie called Bullet, which Mickey starred in about Bruce's With Rob Weiss. Yeah. And, yeah. And Bruce... Grew up, this is a Jewish guy from Long Island with two other brothers that were drug users. And Bruce was into the heavy drugs. And, you know, uh, both his brothers died. He's the last one. So he cleaned up his act. And now he's back in construction, working on a job site. And I'm like, so happy to see him. I hadn't seen him in years. So he goes, yeah, Dice, we'll meet up tomorrow. We'll have coffee. I got to get back to the site. You know, we're putting cement in, you know. So I meet with him the next day. And Bruce starts talking to me. He goes, hey, Dice, last time I saw you, you're the hottest thing in the world. And then I hear nothing. You know, what happened? So as I'm talking to him, telling him how I went through the bad divorce and just all the shit that went on, like it's all about my kids and bringing them up. And I'm just looking to pay the bills now. As I'm doing that, he's looking down at the phone with his glasses half off, you know, <laughs> texting away. And I'm like getting pissed off, you know. Don't I haven't seen this fuck. Nobody knows how to, you know, 
Get off the Talk, phone. Sit anymore. and have a conversation, right? The multitask bullshit. But in the meantime, as I'm telling him this, he goes, all I could tell you is Doug Allen thinks you're the greatest comic ever and wants a meeting today. And no disrespect. I go, who is he? You know? <laughs> he goes, who is he? I say that to I me every day. Know who he, he goes, he created us the greatest show, uh, Entourage. He's the creator, you know? He's the writer, creator, you know? He, he, Bruce is animated. Yeah. Too. So you were flying in and made the meeting for tomorrow. All right. I meet with Doug, and then I have a couple more meetings with Doug. Like, Bruce just figures, you know, you get a little walk on, like, Paulie Shaw, hello, Ari, and you're gone. You know, <laughs> you know, because I go, I, I go, you don't even have to do this, you know. But so now I'm meeting with Doug and I'm sitting up at the, the Soho Club and Doug's basically talking to me what Bruce thought, like, what happened in your life? Where did it go wrong? Whatever. And I'm just sitting there going, why isn't he at least taking notes? You know what I mean? <laughs> And he's going, and Doug's like, Dice, I got it. It's all in here. I got it. <laughs> so I realized this isn't a 30-second walk-on. So he goes, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a character role. He goes, and, and let me tell you something. You're going to do my show. And this is the truth. What, what he, we, for, dispute for the most part, we dispute this. It might not be word for word, <laughs> but he goes, you're going to do my show and wait till you see what happens to your career after that. Because he really did do it. You know, and I'm like, holy shit, you know, this guy's really doing a number. And you guys weren't. But I did five out of the eight, I think it was, yeah, five you episodes. You were there, bro. Yeah. You know, and no, he really built me up. He gave, he did for me what Rodney did years before that, you know, gave me the shot of a lifetime. So I drove him crazy, but I took it serious. <laughs> so Doug gives me this shot. Right after the shot, here comes Showtime. Would you do a special? I do another special. Then there was some small guest spots. Then I'm back east doing Westbury, and I get a call from Bruce going, Woody Allen wants to meet with you. I'm going, Bruce, I want to get out of here. It's freezing, you know? <laughs> I think it's a joke, you know? I go to see Woody. I look at his pages for about 30 seconds. I go, all right, I'm ready, you know? And he's standing watching me do the part, and he goes, I go, you want me to do it again? You know? And he goes, well, actually, it was perfect, you know? <laughs> and, but he didn't give it to me then. I waited about a week and then got the text that I got the part. And everything was just coming all the way up to my own show. But it was, well, Woody goes, Woody's saying to me, I loved you on Entourage. <laughs> I mean, he saw me on ever. Entourage. He goes, I was wondering whatever happened to you. You know, all that kind of dialogue. <laughs> But, you know, it was him having the faith in me. But I, I would have to say, and I ran across it, and I put it back in a box the other day. I come to Doug's house one day in Beverly <laughs> Hills with my son, Max, because I know he's writing for a lot of characters. You know, all you guys, you know, had all this stuff. So I'm, you know, I've done this with every project I've ever done, including Woody I totally rewrote the, the scene. They wanted to fucking nominate me for that movie. And I rewrote the whole thing. He goes, you're telling me now? <laughs> do it for me. You know, because you never see the guy, you know. And he let me do it word for word, you know. Scorsese, I changed the entire scenes I was doing. And he'd have me read it to him over the phone. And then he let me do everything, you know. And so I come to Doug's house. <laughs> 
And I would handwrite everything with a Sharpie. So the letters are like this fucking big. I have this you thing. You gotta get, we got Oh, you it. have it? Okay. I have it. It's 12 pages of, of rewrites. <laughs> oh, 13. <man>. 13. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sitting near the pool. And at that time, Max, I think, is 18. Because first I wouldn't come in the house. Because at that time I lit the cigarettes. I don't smoke anymore. And um, so the maids coming in and out. And I go, well, tell Doug to come out here because I smoke. I don't want to start with, can I smoke? So she comes back. Uh, Doug said he's out at the pool. You could smoke at the pool. It was a whole thing. <laughs> so now I'm at the pool, and he looks at my pages. And he actually looks at my son. We talk about that because it was so funny. <laughs> and he goes, he's trying to reason with an 18-year-old. He goes, <laughs> could you imagine? And he's wearing the baseball hat. He just got back from... Playing, I don't know if it was golf or some <laughs> basketball, maybe. Probably basketball back then. And, yeah, basketball. And he goes, could you imagine if the entire cast decided, <laughs> let me turn a three-page scene <laughs> into 14 pages, 13 pages. I go, no, but Doug, it's all big letters. It's going to be a third of that, and I'm going to do it fast. So he let me do it both ways. He let me do it his way and my way. Yeah. You know, but... It definitely, and th and then he did the forward in my autobiographical book yep. called um, The Filthy Truth. And so you were cool enough to do it. And this is Doug, and you guys know him better than me. So on the set, you know, I might have the attitude on stage or when I'm filming, but, you know, I'm the nicest guy in the world, whatever. And I'm coming over to Doug, you know, going, you know, I just want you to know... Um, you know, I really thank you for this. I appreciate this, what you've done for me. Don't thank me. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. And I'm like, all right, I'm thinking the Hollywood shit, you know. But I know he's really from Long Island and he's a great guy. So I, to this day, we joke about that. I'm still thanking him. But I am because that whole decade, that whole last decade happened because he took the chance, just like Rodney gave me the shot. Mm -hmm. And I always say it. And that'll be in the doc, too. Well, I, I appreciate you? it. And you said it in the Showtime doc. But what I'll say to you is, and I say to everybody, it's not that I, I didn't do you a favor. You did me a favor because I knew right. how great of an actor right. you were. And I knew actually how lucky we were that people hadn't seen you that much because I knew, I told these guys every day, Dice is going to blow people off the screen. We, like, were all, we were all Dice fans, too. Yeah. So we were psyched to have you. With you, Kevin. So much fun. Oh, we had a blast. Let me let me tell you something. That line, this is one of mine, where I go, Dice does the fucking. Okay? <laughs> we do the fucking. I'm, yeah, I'm doing that quoting. line for so many years, and he allowed it, yeah. you know, for me and you. And it wound up the rap, you know, at the rap party, the T-shirt. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's so, a catchphrase now. You got to uh, get the oh catchphrase. I'm watching the Cobra Kai thing, okay, with the mean sensei or whatever. And the guy goes, do you understand? Nobody shits on an eagle. Eagles do the shitting. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. No, Dice, let me say this, too, about Doug. And, and of course, you know, he, he did. He, he gave you the shot. But he's, he's right. He knew that he was giving himself a shot as well. You knew that Dice was going to kill yeah. it. You knew it would strike a chord with the with the entourage group, and for him, it was a win for us to just get you there. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, but yeah. I'm just like, if we were having dinner, me and you, Kev, and I went, uh, 
paste the ketchup. Oh, thanks. And you go, you're welcome. Same thing. Not I'm not doing it for you. Like, what are you saying? I wanted a ketchup over there. I love dice, and and it's making it sound like I always love dice. No, but it's like I sound like obnoxious. But what I what I meant is just like with you guys. Like, yeah, I helped you guys out. I cast you because you were the guys, and I cast dice. And no, you were I get better that. Than I, I, you were I better like than I thought you were going to be even. And I knew how good you were because I knew what a great actor you were from back in the day. And and it has always killed me. And it's weird that kind of on a small level, Entourage kind of went through a little bit what you went through. Where all of a sudden we were the talk of the town, and then all of a sudden we were the misogynistic boys club. So uh-huh. you know, so we have a lot of synergy. And you were this influence. I told you off camera, but. You know, I got your phone number from a William Morris agent when I was 21 years old, and I used to leave messages on your voicemail. Just jokes. I would say them, and then I would hope that you would call me back so I could write for you. Did you think that I shouldn't be calling and leaving messages on this guy's answering machine? He's coming home pushing the button. Imagine that in those days. Push (laughs) the button. That's exactly what it was. You have no (laughs) recollection of that, though, do you, Dice? They weren't that. The jokes weren't that funny, bro. They never made your act. I know they never made your act. No, but I'm not looking to make you look like a jerk. I'm just going, you know, and in any way, you know, I got total respect for all of you that are in front of me right now. Thank you. And and always loved the show before I was on the show. And it's funny, my sons were so young when the show came on the air, they got me into the show because I'd hear them screaming after every episode. And at that time, they were 7 and 11 when the show first came on, something right. like that. Well, it's something like that. Yeah. Or maybe 10 you let and let your 14. seven-year-old watch on <laughs> Yeah, what do I care? He's got to learn about the box sooner or later. <laughs> you know, when you want to talk about the Pink Lip Lagoon, you got, you know, what had more of that other than Entourage? Hey, Dice, I want to talk a little bit, because I, I, I love this movie, uh, Ford Fairlane. And, you, you know, you talk oh, yeah. about Rodney Dangerfield. And I, and I always said, I, I didn't realize that you and Rodney were that close. But the two, only two times that I've ever seen comedians sort of intertwine their act into a successful movie that worked was Rodney Dangerfield and Back to School and Dice in Ford Fairlane. All right, so, but Dice, before you jump into that, I just want to explain that Ford Fairlane is a huge movie with huge people involved with it. it. But Dice, tell them what what happened with the behind the scenes of that movie after it was finished, where it was supposed to be the monster hit. All right, so like you guys know, I was doing the biggest, you know, I did every arena. I did over 300 arena shows in four years. Okay. And all sold out. And I call that before it got bad and went to 10,000 people a night. (laughs) And people are going, oh, he's over. And I'm going, who's doing 10,000 people? Nobody was. You know, don't forget, this is way before internet. This was a little ad in a newspaper. Okay. So there was so much backlash. I mean, my agent says to me, back then, you were the cancel culture. Nobody else. Like, I, I, you know, I know Pryor was, you know, the edgiest. I know Lenny Bruce. But none of them went through the... Lenny went through for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But nobody went through the backlash where they're trying to stop the performances. So what happened with you know, Ford Fairlane? Okay, so Ford Fairlane, I'm all excited. It's supposed to be a gigantic hit. They were going to do the... It was going to be the biggest premiere in Hollywood history. I mean, this is Joel the, Silver, correct? Yeah, Joel Silva. Biggest producer in the world at the time. Anyway, they're going to have the the premiere, which would have been the the biggest premieres I ever went to, was A Lethal Weapon and then Eddie Murphy with The Nutty Professor. Universal Amphitheater, 6,000 people. This was going to be 18,000 people watching a movie. All right. 
now I get a call that they're pulling the premiere. Okay. I was with Fox. I made a three picture deal with Fox. And now it's an emergency meeting. This is after the MTV Awards or what? Yeah, the MTV Awards just blew me up even more. If I was doing one show at the Philly uh, Spectrum, now it's two shows. It just made me bigger. It didn't make a difference. And and when that happened, I go, I'm not a singer. What do I give a fuck? You know, I don't care. You know, look at the effect I had on America just now. So anyway, so I get a call with, you know, my father's got to come, Sandy Gallen, Barry Josephson. And Sandy was about the biggest Hollywood manager there ever was, okay? And he had people like Stallone and Whoopi and Dolly Parton. And so we're all called to Barry Diller. That's who he made the deal with, you know, uh, for my movie deals. And Barry Diller was getting all kinds of threats from the gay community that they're going to pipe bomb his house if this movie comes out. And the bottom line is, he goes, look, without us, you got a great career. you got a recording career. you got a life. He goes, we'll bring you back, but we can't put this movie out the way you thought. And he pulled it. You know, I had to see the movie. I went in with a hoodie on Hollywood Boulevard just to see the movie. I never saw the movie. You know, it was hysterical. You know, and yeah, it bothered me. Of course it bothered me when you go from the biggest premiere in Hollywood history to nothing. They just, and that what they movie, do, just release it on a couple theaters or something? I mean, they, that they released it. It made $21 million at that time. Like today, it would be like $60 million in a weekend, okay? And then they pulled it. And then they played it all around the world. That's what happened with Ford. But what I always love telling is the day it came out in the blockbuster days on the VHS, it was the biggest selling VHS tape ever. Because people wanted the box. They didn't want to rent it. They wanted to own it. Also, 100,000 copies in a week sold at the $99 price. You know, so I don't regret those. I mean, I like talking about those times better now because I'm twice the age. There was a lot of drama in my life. The movie holds up. It's hilarious. It does hold up. But we've all, you know, it is a long career and there's very few people. Mark Wahlberg's one of the few, maybe Leo as well, who just don't have any downs. And and this was obviously a political movement that fucked you. And uh, I did not know that, by the way. I did not know that. I think that's the amazing thing about comics. People don't understand. They watch Joe Pesci could take a pen and stab it through someone's neck in Goodfellas. And that's an actor. But a comedian is on stage and they think, well, that's him. And you've never been the guy that you portray on stage, which I think is why I always knew what a great actor you would always be, because your performance was really that, a performance. Which I love. That was my way of teaching me. Going on stage as a comic, I I never gave a fuck about comics. I don't care about comedy. To this day, I couldn't care less. Who's hot? Who's not hot? My thing was, all right, I don't want to go to an acting school, pay money for once a week and do a scene when I could be on a stage every night and teach myself a method of acting. As soon as COVID is over, we got to do this in studio. No, I got to come in studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We but, haven't even talked about really Entourage that much. Yeah. So, I mean, so much. No, the Entourage was, number one, as far as all the guys, I mean, there wasn't one guy from that whole group I come home and complain about, you know? I mean, just the greatest cast. I mean, on screen is what you were off screen. It was who you guys were. You were just fun guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. we had a good time, it man. Was a good it was group. fun. It was a good you know, group. And, and of it was course, me, me and you, Kevin, the scenes we got to do just, oh, yeah. you know, when you look at me, 
Because who, you know, we know show business. Yeah. Nobody walks off a pilot ever. Yeah. That's the joke. With yep. The general public might not have gotten, but I get it. For the younger audience out there, Dice is one of the great stand-up comics ever. And you could see him now, Dice. What's the deal? We could watch this on quarantine All right, or no? So Valentine's Day, I'm going to be basically in your hometown, Long Island. It's the only stream I've ever done. You know, and they they set up the club like an octagon with screens that, you know, uh, you know, and I have a huge fan base in Long Island. Of course. I love when people put on my fucking Instagram. Is there going to be an audience? It's streaming. It's, a you know, it's just unbelievable trying to teach the dumb fucking public. Look, I know I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But I understand this is a movie. So, Dice, yeah. you're coming in when uh, COVID's over. We love you. We're going to all watch you on Valentine's Day with our girls. You know, on Cameo, it's a one-day turnaround. But, uh, and that's it. You know, if you want a Cameo for Valentine's Day, it's a one-day turnaround. And, Dice, but, I'm going to show And everyone. I'll also wait. Atlantic City, the 19th and 20th at the... Um, the Claridge Hotel. Awesome. And I'm going to awesome. post uh, your cameo. I got it for free, luckily. Dice did a great cameo for my son to, to wish him a happy bar mitzvah. I'm going to post that this week so you can oh, see what it. Dice can do for you. And uh, look How for long one. was it? Do you know how long it was? Like a minute. It's hilarious. I'll send it to no, you. No, I never do a minute. Uh, I, well, so what, you do more than a minute? Dice takes pride in doing a Always. long run. You know what? I wow. may have to look because I have the edited whole video so maybe it was a longer run but it was like you know i had a oh, oh, yeah. okay. dylan and i actually made the cut on that one Connolly, dylan <laughs> i mean we had everybody I mean, we, we even had russell wilson who i don't know if you're familiar with him dice but he unfollowed Connolly on instagram <laughs> right. so anyway we love you and we will i will talk to you offline but thank you so much and we're getting you, you back in as soon as we're all vaccinated guys, you don't know you guys made my day it was just great seeing you guys you're the best dice thanks really. dice. we love all right, you, dice. you soon you, hopefully live let's all right. do it Live. Be good. It. Be Let's good. Do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> Stella. <laughs> and there's Dice Clay. Great interview. Ah, oh, the best. I mean, you know, it's so. Uh, I know you he guys really feel, likes you. I know. You, well, I know you guys feel the same way. But I grew up like I wanted to be a comic, and Dice was one of those guys that really had a big impact on my life. And when he came back in to to do this show, as I said, I wasn't obnoxious when I said I'm going to change your life. I knew he was going to do a lot for us. You knew he, he was going to pop. Yeah. yeah. You knew he was gonna so pop. check him out on the 14th streaming, and we will see you soon. That wraps up another episode of Victory the Podcast. Please follow us at Victory the Podcast page on Instagram, Twitter, and spread the word to your friends. I'm Doug Ellen. Kevin Dillon. Kevin Dillon official. Iuga! Victory. How, how was my Iuga? Not bad. That's right. That's excellent.